Hey guys, we're back in Romans chapter 8 today for our small group discussions and really excited about verses 9 through 11. We've been slowly but surely just tracking through this uh, chapter, this amazing chapter in the book of Romans, and we've been seeing what life in Christ looks like and what life in the Spirit looks like, and today we're just continuing the discussion. And so we're going to be in verses 9 through 11. I'm going to read it. And I'm going to make a few brief comments. I, I, I want to try to stay away from answering uh, some of the questions that you have on your discussion guide there, but I, I want to just try to fill in some of the gaps. And so let's read those verses now. It says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, The Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. And so first and foremost, what we have to do to understand these verses is we have to go back to verse 8, where verse 8 ended that saying that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, that is a uh, depressing thought. Uh, It is a difficult uh, thing to acknowledge that in our fallen nature, uh, that we are born objects of wrath, as it says in Ephesians chapter 2, that uh, we are opposed to God, that, that, that the thoughts of our mind and the affections of our heart and the desires uh, that we have are against God. And so, we cannot please him. And I don't know about you, but I, I really struggle with that. I love when people are happy with me. I, I, I desperately almost sometimes feel like I need for people to be happy with me and to be pleased with me. And so to hear that I cannot please God is, uh, for me, puts me in a desperate situation. But then that, that's why verse 9 is such good news. Because after after telling them uh, the, the, the sadness that those in the flesh cannot please God. Paul begins in verse 9 by saying, you, however. In other words, he's saying uh, that that is true, that if you're in the flesh, you cannot please God, but it's not true of you because you're not in the flesh. You're in the Spirit. Well, he goes on to say, if, if you're in the Spirit. And so there is good news that it is true that in ourselves, in our, in our fallen state, we cannot please God, but there is a however and that, however, is uh, the good news of, of the gospel. It is what Christ has done for us, and it is what the Holy Spirit of God applies to us. And so uh, one of the major things we see throughout these couple verses is the uh, indwelling of the Spirit of God. All throughout the Bible, God, had, uh, God has shown us that He wants to have a relationship with people. And there were these great promises throughout the Scripture. Some of them were in the form of a physical locations like the tabernacle and the temple in the Old Testament where God dwelled among his people. But then some of them were even more specific, like, for example, in uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27, it says, And I will give you a new heart and and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And so all throughout the scriptures, God has talked about this plan 
to have a people who he redeemed, who he called to himself. And, and here is the, the crazy part. Here is the part that blows our minds is that God doesn't just want to save us. God wants to live in us. He wants to take up residence uh, in our very uh, being, to, to be that intimate, to be that close, to have that sort of relationship with us forever. And then what we see is that if this spirit of God is in us, it radically changes everything. Um, that the spirit of God applies to us the work of Christ. So whatever Christ has done, whatever Christ has achieved, uh, even now whoever Christ is, the resurrected Jesus, uh, we can know that the spirit of God is working out, you might say, the life of Jesus into our very life. Uh, But here's the tricky part, and here's what we learn about Romans 8, is that what occurred for Jesus in one instance at the resurrection in one moment gets applied to the believer in two stages. And so we, in other words, are a walking contradiction that in one sense, the Spirit of God has made us alive. And yet in another very real sense, because our physical bodies have not been resurrected with Jesus yet, uh, we are still dead in a very real sense. And so he, he says uh, in Uh, excuse me, he says in verse 10, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If we are believers, we are a walking contradiction. We carry about us at all times the righteousness of Christ and also the sinfulness of man. We carry about in us the life of Jesus, but we also have within, within us the death of the flesh. And this is our lot in life. This is in God's wisdom and his plan. He wants it this way. He wants for us for, from now until, until we pass over into eternity to wrestle, to fight the good fight of faith, to wrestle with the flesh, that, that we're living in a war zone, and that's how we should approach the Christian life. But because we know that if we've received the first stage, if the Spirit of God has come into our life and in, into our heart and resurrected us spiritually and united us to Christ— then we can be certain that he will also raise our physical, mortal bodies just like he did the physical body of Jesus. And just to make, to make it full circle, uh, there's so much hope in the resurrection. Obviously, there's hope in the fact that death is not the end, that we will actually be uh, embodied forever with God, that we will be like Jesus There's so much hope there. But I think one of the things that I love the most about it is that the hope of the resurrection is a hope that reverses verse 8, that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And what we know about the resurrection is that the hope of the resurrection is the hope of an eternity that is lived pleasing to God. Now, granted, we are pleasing from a legal standpoint because of Christ. But we are also in this process of actually really being made pleasing. And one day we will be fully, completely. Uh, First, when we get to glory, but then at the resurrection, we're going to be clothed with a new glorious body that will be built to worship God in all of his fullness forever and ever and ever. And that is the hope of the resurrection. Hope you guys can enjoy discussing this passage 
and enjoy that part of the good news, part of the gift that we receive from God is that in Christ and by the power of the Spirit, we can live a life that is pleasing to God. And that is thrilling. Hope you guys have a great discussion.